Welcome to our second pod of the week. Rem and Sam talking about the other interesting sport of country that's actually going on, NFL. Um, just had week one happen. Uh, week two starts uh, sometime when I know how to scroll. Uh, it starts today, later today, this Thursday, 820, Bank of the Brown. So got to recap the first week real quick before we move on to the next one. Um, do you want to start with another game besides the Colts versus Jags, or want to just hop into yeah, that let's one? Start somewhere else. <laughs> All right, we can start with my team. First game of the year uh, against Houston. Um, I mean, it, it, it's pretty. It was pretty obvious watching that game, but I mean, it might as well be said that Houston was obviously missing uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I mean, Will Will Fuller had his moments. It wasn't like he was playing horrible. Um, uh, also, there they had one tight end who should have gotten the ball more often, Atkins. Um, he definitely looked like he was a little dangerous, too big for them. Um, but, yeah, Will Fuller led the team in receiving yards at 112, 8 for 10. So, he was catching. I mean, David Johnson made some plays. Um, it, seemed, it didn't seem like they quite trusted him that much in that game. I mean, he only got 11 carries uh, or two touchdowns in – uh, he was he averaged about seven yards a carry, so it wasn't like he was that horrible. It's just they didn't trust him, but unsurprisingly, Chiefs rolled. I mean, Clyde looking Clyde looking great already. Um, had 138 yards on 25 carries and one touchdown, and that's the thing that's gonna really um, make the Chiefs dangerous. And not to pat ourselves on the back, but we can go, like, they can become a chameleon and do different ways. So we can have Mahomes go off for 400 yards, five touchdowns, and we could also run the ball constantly. And, I mean, and we have different guys, like Daryl Williams is still there. Um, I think we still have LaShawn McCoy. Um, and they, we didn't even use all our weapons. Tyreek Hill got the ball, like, three times and stuff. So, but, you know, just same old, same old. It felt like a really kind of different offense for the Chiefs, right? Yeah. It was, like, really slow. There was a lot of long drives. They ran the ball a ton. Holmes didn't seem like he did that much in that game. I mean, he was good, but it just, you know, it wasn't like the Pat Mahomes show. Clyde sort of stole the stole of thunder for one game. But like you said, that now they have, like, this chameleon aspect to them. They can just, like, switch it up and slow it down. And, I mean, how many, like, double-digit – One second. It didn't, feel, it didn't feel, not that it didn't feel explosive, but it wasn't like, yeah. the plan clearly wasn't come out and be like a super explosive offense. It'd be like more methodical. It felt like they made a real like effort to show people what Clyde could do. Mm-hmm. It, was like, it was his game. But their offense was still just as powerful. And they, they still scored a ton of points. So if they're gonna if they if there's like another gear they can go to where they just like kick it up a notch and they're scoring in like three minute you know three minute drives like I don't know the Chiefs the Chiefs are so far and away the best team in the league right now. Yeah, and I mean I mean the Ravens aren't too far. I mean I think their defense definitely brings them pretty close, but um, just the amount of like scoring that can 
be done even if our defense is failing. And almost every single game, um, our defense finds a way to get a turnover. Um, tends to be the bend, not break kind of defense. So um, even with our uh, kind of thin uh, secondary, you still can still still find a way to do it. Um, and it's not like Mahomes had a bad game. Um, Rito, I, I mean, he had 211 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah, it so. didn't seem like they were they were trying to make Pat Mahomes like the number one option per se. It just felt like they were trying to like let mm-hmm. everybody see what class they do. So when I mm-hmm. say like it wasn't like a close to Mahomes game, I just mean like he just kind of took the back seat to the other guy, let him do his thing, and Mahomes was still yeah. incredible. Yeah. So yeah, no, that was that was fun to watch. Um, I mean, it'll be fun to watch Cliff Clyde even become better, better. Look, any, he, I mean, he looks like the short, you know, that he fits the t- stereotype. Um, he's a short running back. Um, stays on his legs. I mean, he's he's short. He, it's harder to bring him down because of his low center of gravity. And keeps it up. Anyway, um, moving to another was game. Bill, oh, what was the Bill O'Brien? Uh... Is he number one in our first coach fired rankings right now? Uh, would that be first coach fired, the first coach and GM fired combo right there? I mean, if you fire him as a coach, you have to do it as a GM as well, right? Or you just have him do one? Oh, it seems like one second. Yeah, it's like a little bit. But yeah, I mean, Bill O'Brien, um, he just, he, he really needs to. All right, seems like we were gone for a second, but we're back. Anyway, um, uh, uh, Bob Bill O'Brien, I mean, I think he's pretty, he is pretty high up there. Um, he kind of screwed himself over by barely giving himself weapons. So I think that's kind of on him. Um, you'll definitely have to show that. Uh, he didn't make a huge mistake, which he kind of did. So I, I don't really know his game plan here. So, so you had mentioned really uh, Bill O'Brien, first coach hired, fired. I mean, I think um, Dan Quinn is on that list pretty high as well. I mean, do, do I would go. I would go Bill O'Brien one, uh, Matt Patricia two. Does that sound right? I don't know. The Lions, the Lions do have hope. To be Kevin average, like, not great. Who else? After one after one game, is the Browns the Browns coach number three, Kevin Stefanski? I mean, they definitely look pretty bad. Then again, they did play against the Ravens, so it's like, but they should be competing and not getting beaten like eight to what was it, eight to thirty six. But it was it was. Pretty bad score. Yeah, six to thirty-eight. We should, we should we should do this every week. We should just update our first coach fired rankings. See if we get yeah. it right. I think all the way till Black Monday. I'm. A, I, do we agree? Should we agree? Bill Bryan. Bill O'Brien's number one. I can't think of a. Yeah, I, I would definitely say someone. I can't think of anybody better. Adam right Gates, now, Adam yeah, he's probably two. So I mean, Adam yeah, because most of the other teams. I mean, most of the other teams that do aren't uh, playing that well. 
um, have first-year coaches such as the Giants, the Browns. So it's kind of hard to kick them out immediately. Also, I mean, maybe the Bengals, but then again, you kind of want um, to give Zach Taylor a chance. I mean, it seemed like they should have won that Chargers game um, or at least been closer, gotten into overtime, not for a horrendous kick, which horrible for Joe Burrow, but um, I guess the next game I have on the slate is the Packers at the Vikings. Um, I thought this was a very interesting game. I thought earlier on in the game, it looked like Rodgers was a bit off. It looked like we could start talking about the cliff with him, and then of course he has to turn around and have four touchdowns against a really young secondary, and it was obvious. I mean, the the wide receivers they were eating them up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I mean, 364 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, Adams had like 156 yards, averaging 11 yards per reception, two touchdowns. I mean, they were going crazy. It, it seemed like they just flipped on a switch. You know, like we keep talking about like championship teams in NBA and stuff. They, they did, the Packers. I mean, it feels like Rogers is like I'm still an elite quarterback. It's definitely a statement game. Yeah, there was a little edge to him. I was I was thinking about that before the season started because we talked about how they drafted Jordan Love and everything, and I wonder if that's to have like that backup staring him in the face the mm-hmm. entire time. I wonder if he gets a little edge. Feels like he's got something to prove. Maybe he kind of he definitely played like it on Sunday. That's for sure. Mhm. I mean. Yeah, I I was just surprised how many times he targeted like just Adams. I mean, he got he had 14 targets, and the next closest one was four. Uh, so he definitely had the focal point of the offense. I mean, Jones also played well. I mean, he had 16 carries, 66 yards, one touchdown, and he's someone who people always say isn't used enough. Um, but it was interesting how much the Vikings didn't run the ball as much or play action as much. It was just a lot of Kirk Cousins staying in the pocket. I mean, Cook only got 12 carries. The Packers did bury them early, but at the same time, they did have several chances to run the ball. So, I mean, I feel like the Vikings are going to have – their offense may have a different look this year. Uh, uh, with their – even though they just paid their uh, running back in Cook. So, Or did, did – yeah, I think they did pay him, yeah. I don't remember who was calling that game. Me and my brother were watching it because that was the Fox game or where we're located. Mm-hmm. And it was halftime, and the guy was like, I wouldn't worry about the Vikings offense yet. And then he goes on to talk about how Kirk Cousins threw five passes. <laughs> I would be really concerned if I was at the Vikings about my offense if Kirk Cousins threw five passes in one half. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. There's nothing. And Dalvin Cook didn't even run that much. Like you said, he had like, like six or seven. Like there was absolutely nothing from the Vikings to start this game. Mm-hmm. The Packers – had one of like the most uninspiring 13 and three seasons last year and they didn't look like I mean I know they scored like 40 points or whatever but they didn't look like as they didn't look like way more dynamic than they did last year yeah and the offense is still like really conservative and it's a lot of bootlegs just tight ends and runs and short passes and all that stuff but it was it was it was I don't know like you said Rogers like had a bit of a chip on his shoulder. The offense was a little efficient. They weren't stopped at all. So when you're mm-hmm. drives that end up in three, seven points every time, the points are going to stack up. I don't know if I like totally, I don't know if I'm totally buying in on the Packers yet, but 
that's definitely uh, definitely better than what I expected coming from them to start the season anyway. I mean, do we start giving LaFleur respect if they have another, like, 13-3 and three or even 12-4 and four season? Like, at what point is, is – I guess it's the whole Belichick-Brady question. Like, I mean, LaFleur comes in first year and has a great year, and as much as you want to give it all to Rodgers, like, the coaching does matter too, so. And I'm I'm, I'm yeah. wondering, like, how much LaFleur had – how much input was from, from him about drafting Jordan Love as well. Like, that's an interesting thing. Yeah. You know, I didn't think Rodgers was like particularly awesome at all last year. He was he was good. I didn't mm-hmm. think he was like like really like elite. But I think yeah, and then with the way Rodgers played in the last couple of years of McCarthy there, like I think Lafleur has to get a ton of credit for that. You know, you said they beat. Did they sweep the Did they sweep the Vikings last year? I forget. I forget if they swept or if they split. I'm not sure. I mean, had, they won the division, so. Had, yeah, I mean, they've, they've beaten the, the Vikings a couple times, and mm-hmm. they won their division the first four. So, like you said, I think LaFleur has to get uh, more credit than maybe, like, Rodgers would get. But. So, they were 6-2 and two in their division last year, and the another, uh, next two were 4-4 four and four and then 1-6, and six, so. I mean, they had to sweep against one of them, so. Um, they definitely know how to beat their division. But moving on to the next game, which I found really, really interesting thing to watch, which, I mean, I know we mentioned their defense um, in our preseason show, but I didn't think it would come up this big in this game. Uh, Eagles at Washington. Um, I mean, Carson Wentz obviously did choke a little bit, but he definitely, he had eight sacks. Like, he was sacked eight times. Um he kind of only passed to one guy. I mean, Goddard the whole game, and it was it was just interesting to watch how it seemed like Washington just couldn't be stopped. I mean, I don't know if it's the Eagles O line or something, but their defense definitely looked considerably better than last year. And I mean, Ron Rivera has to be a big part of that. Um, but that it, I mean, in Haskins, he did he was solid, and that's what they needed from him. I mean, he was 17 of 31, 150. 178 yards, one touchdown. I mean, he didn't have to be great to, in this game. He just had to not turn over the ball. So, I mean, it, it was that was it was a, that was a really like punch in the stomach Wentz performance because he started that game and he was actually like really awesome. He was like 11 for 14 for mm-hmm. I forget how many yards, like two picks or two touchdowns, sorry, and they were up like 17 nothing. Like, Wentz was on fire when the game started. And then he, mm-hmm. he threw the pick in the first half and then threw the pick to open the second half, and then it was just garbage from there on out. So that's a real bummer because I think Wentz is, Wentz is like the guy that's always going to be like the dark, dark horse MVP candidate. I think mm-hmm. some people were talking about that. But I think like Wilson and uh, Deshaun Watson were like two, like, guys that everybody might pick to be like MVP. Obviously along with mm-hmm. Holmes and Jackson. It's always like the real dark horse guy there. But he was terrible. Like he was honestly really bad and bad in the second half. I don't even know how because in the first half, like I said, he was so good. Like he threw two passes, he, two deep passes, one to Rieger and then another one to Goddard. The Goddard one was a touchdown. Mm-hmm. They were like phenomenal. And it's not like and it's not like the Redskins defensive line got progressively better throughout the game. I mean, they were still pressuring him early on, 
it just wasn't getting to him as much. And I wonder how much of that has to do with Chase Young, because we talked about that in the previous show. As you said, we talked about the fact that they drafted all these defensive linemen in the first round before, and it doesn't seem like it's worked out. But if you bring in a guy like Chase Young, and he's so good right away, like he can elevate everybody else in that defensive line mm-hmm. in, what, like a sack and a half uh, Sunday night. So yeah. It kind of seemed to pay off. But, I mean, like you said, that Eagles offensive line is terrible. They got two injuries. And Chase Young, like, like he's obviously a pass rusher, but they there was a lot of times, like like a lot of times on like third downs or like a fourth down. So like on like obvious plays where you would want to like rush the quarterback, mm-hmm. where they would drop Chase Young back in coverage, and they would end up with a sack or a pressure on him. So I mean, Chase Young wasn't even like rushing the quarterbacks on these like must pass yeah. situations, and they were still getting pressure on him. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually went back, and I was like, I was watching the highlights, and I'm like, it seems like the defense is just making plays all the time for Washington. And I was like, let me actually see, like, each stop, what it was what was wrong. So, looking at each stop, the first stop was an interception in the end of the second quarter. End of the – and then midway through the sec, uh, third quarter, their second stop was an interception. Their third stop was a sack, and then their fourth one was also a sack. And in the third quarter – Fifth one, they had a sack with it, and then they, and then first down they had a sack, and then the second down they had a tackle for loss, so they had like third and, I think it was it was third and twenty six, which was deflected away. Then the sixth time, um, they also had two drop passes on that one, and then the seventh uh, time they tried to go down the field, they had a strip sack. So each of like the plays after those seventeen points, it wasn't even so much. I mean, there were the Eagles kind of messing up, but at the same time, like, Washington did keep stopping them every single time. It just probably got in their head. And, I mean, again, it's the Eagles thing, like, almost every year we have to talk about, like, how many drop passes. Like, their receivers don't, just don't catch them that often. Like, even – it may not – and that's another reason why it may not just be Washington. Is We've seen this before. Like, even if they trade Aguilar, outside of Goddard, like, Rieger had three passes he didn't catch. Jackson had full five passes he didn't catch. Uh, Zach Ertz, who's almost always reliable, four passes he didn't catch. And like, it's not like the Washington has a no fly zone. It's just it, every single year we run into this thing where Wentz, Wentz's receivers just don't catch. They drop passes, and it, I don't know whose fault it is, but I mean, it looks pretty. It look every they're gonna have to keep dealing with this probably for the rest of his career. So. Um, but it was it was really encouraging to watch um, Washington suddenly like flip the switch. They're going to be a fun team to watch with this weak division. Um, definitely could be definitely could be an upset team, um, especially if this defense is able to just just pretty much completely stop the Eagles. Like just completely just say no, you can't score anymore in this game. I didn't even um, think Washington's offense was like particularly good. Like mm-hmm. you were reading the stats, half throw for 200 yards. I don't think they had a running back that did that well. Had a yeah, the 66. On their fantasy team, he didn't really do anything. Yeah. So like, uh, and then they still were able to outscore the Eagles like 27 to nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. After their 17 points, yeah. I don't know. I think that's probably the worst loss of the week. I mean, you could say the Lions won worse just because of how it ended, but I mm-hmm. to be up 17 to 
be like considered a playoff team and then give up 27 points in a row to uh, the team that we both thought was the second worst team in the league. I mean, we could be wrong about that, obviously. Yeah. But I still don't think. I don't know. I still, I'm still not totally buying in on Haskins. I'm not buying in on the Redskins. I'm definitely buying in on the Eagles' offensive line being trash. Mm-hmm. But we'll have to see who did the Redskins got the Cardinal or sorry. We'll have to go back and edit that. I said it a couple times. I just really, oh. but the Washington, the Washington, yeah, Washington football, team, football team. They play the Cardinals this week, so that'll be a nice little, uh, nice little test for them. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not, mm. I'm not bought in on the. I'm not bought in on Washington after one game. Yeah, I, I definitely think they will be uh, average to probably. They could. I mean, if they play well against the um, the Cardinals, who are one of who we'll get into later about how great their offense was, um, we'll I definitely could see them pushing to be a top like twelve, eleven, maybe even ten defense in the league because I mean we'll have to see how that um, how Chase Young develops, but I mean they have a great defensive coach who I mean when given a decent team to work with, we've seen him produce results just. Most of his career, he's had an injured quarterback or Kyle Allen. So, um, that will be an interesting thing to watch. Uh, you want to go into your team yet? I have him next up on the on the schedule here. I'm I'm a, I'm actually like physically exhausted from complaining about Philip Rivers for since Sunday. We're doing this. Recording this Thursday, so it's been uh, I think it meant Sunday night, so yeah. five days of about Philip Rivers. I hope I I don't know how much longer I can do it for Sam. Sam I don't know. I don't know if I can take it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna make it through the season. I will if they bench him. Yeah. Hopefully they bench him before before they can't make the playoffs. Didn't like, they bring honestly, Jacoby like, Reset out for a little bit sometimes? Like. I thought I saw him. I don't, I don't, I don't know what they're doing. Because I know, like, near – there was, like, one goal line. That – right before that pass he made to – I think it was T.Y. or whoever. There was one of – there was that, like, screen pass he made, and then the guy ran into the end zone. Like, I think right before that, that pass. I remember Brissett was on the field. Um, but, yeah, no, it was I it was bad. This is exactly what Rivers does. He throws for 360 yards and makes you think he looks good and then has, like, a couple of terrible interceptions and costs you the game. Like, the first pick he threw was awful. He threw, threw it right to the guy. He threw mm-hmm. another pass later in the game that got picked off and then was overturned with a penalty, and then he threw the other pick late in the, late in the quarter or the fourth oh, wow. quarter. Then he would have had three interceptions, but one of them got called back. I used – this is, I mean, he's, he's, you know, he won five games last year. What do we expect? Yeah. And then, but uh, the problem is, is the coaching staff, like, with the one time Brissett was out there, he got sacked. So, they'll be like, oh, well, this is why we can't play him. So, but no, it's been a rough week for you guys because now Marlon Mack is hurt and out for the season. So, that's, yeah, that's another done. tough, tough, um, tough loss, but – I mean, the Jaguars look good at the same time. Like, I mean, Gardner Minshew was 19 of 20. I mean, only missed one pass, 173 yards, three touchdowns. So, 
I mean, he was spreading the ball around. Um, the receiving core, like one had 47 yards, 37 yards, 28, 25. So, I mean, in this game, they, they just seemed like without any of the, like Leonard Fournette complaining for the ball and all that, it just seemed like they were just being a solid team, um, which was a lot better than I thought they would be. And, I mean, maybe Minshew cools down. I mean, I don't think he's going to be 19 of 20 every single game. But, I mean, if he doesn't turn the ball over, we'll have to see. I mean, it seems like they had some um, some other people threw some interceptions, two other guys, which I had no idea about. But, I mean, I don't – I'm not quite sure who their uh, who who their main guy will be that they go to when they get really tested. But as long as Minshew can keep being the leader, he is. We'll have to see. Is there is there a silver lining for the Colts in this anywhere? Because I haven't been able to find it yet. Like, I don't I don't think the Jaguars are going to end up being good. So that'd be the only one where you go, oh, maybe the Jaguars are actually a surprise good team. I don't think they mm-hmm. are. They're probably going to win like four here. They're gonna, yeah. they're gonna be bad. Is there any is there any silver lining for the Colts in any in this loss at all? I I don't know. And you guys barely ran the ball. Like you had twenty two carries as a team. Like and that's I mean, seven, four, nine, one, one is I mean, and which was kind of surprising considering you have like this highly vaulted O line, like you might as well run the ball if it isn't working with Rivers. And I I I don't quite get it. Like what your team is doing. Um, I mean, T.Y. Hilton only getting four or not. He did get nine targets, but, I mean, he probably should get a couple more than that. I mean, he was having a rough game, only four of nine. So, it's I, – I don't, I don't know. Who do you guys have next? Uh, uh, the Vikings. I mean – that's that's another tough team. I mean, I think if you guys play your kind of brand of football and like run the ball, you should get. Both those teams underperform this. Yeah. Be the underperforming bowl, Cousins <laughs> versus Rivers. Oh my goodness. Well, just, hopefully. You see how like, you see how a bad move can like, it just the domino effect is is too much because you sign Rivers and then you need to bolster your offense, so you sign a receiver and a running back who didn't do anything today. There was nothing from those two rookies. And now your secondary is weak because you spent your first couple picks on offense, didn't, get, didn't make your defense any better. So, you know, the safety you picked in the fifth round has to start. And guess what? He's a fifth-round safety. Like, he's, he's average. He's below average. The cornerbacks were not that good. Malik Hooker, like I said in the preview podcast, he's just an average, average safety. So you can just you see the domino effect, and then some of the the corners that I really liked in the draft played what they played today, and they played well. Uh, Diggs for the Cowboys and Jalen mm-hmm. Johnson for the Bears were two that I really liked, and then they went after Michael Pittman, so that would have been the Colts' first pick. Mm-hmm. They both played extremely well today. Colts could could use guys like that, but again, you just see where a bad move can have such a such a big domino effect, especially a quarterback. Do, um, does Rivers get benched? He's not going to get benched if he keeps throwing for 360 yards. But if I think if he start, if he keeps own, up throwing multiple picks, if they're like 0 and 4, does he get benched? 
I mean, I think middle of like 0-3, you probably get benched considering they already played the set this game. I mean, I'm pretty sure Wright isn't um, too scared to pull the plug on him. Well, lucky for lucky for them, after the Vikings, they've got the Jets, Bears, and Browns. So if you're ever going to get a team back on track, it's going to be playing those three teams. So the plan is, is that this next game, Rivers throws four picks, gets benched, and then Brissett comes in and wins all these games and looks great, and they're like, why the heck did we sign Rivers? Oh, I, like, I like the way you think, Samson. I like it. Anything there you go. set on the field and Rivers off. Man. Whatever it takes, I guess. Whatever it takes. I mean, even though Mitchell Jabisky had a higher passer rating than Philip Rivers did today. So maybe maybe the Bears are better than the Colts. Maybe Trubisky is better than Rivers. Oh, whoa. Hot take. Oh, my goodness. It just slipped out. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. yeah. That'd be yeah. I don't, I was surprised Mitch played so well, but um, next interesting game: Dolphins at Patriots. I have to see Cam Newton in the flesh. Um, it was I was surprised how much he ran the ball. Like he had like 15 carries, which is more than any other running back on their team. Um, so and I mean it worked. They I mean he got two touchdowns. They pretty much dominated the Dolphins. Um, which wasn't that surprising. It's just, uh, I, I mean, I've heard people talking like their plan so far seems like they starting off with him like running the ball off, and, and then as he gets more comfortable in the offense, he starts to throw the ball more. But, I mean, I also kind of understand them throwing running the ball as they don't have really good wide receivers outside of Edelman. Like their best second one is Nikhil Harry, who as much as Bill Simmons likes him, he's still – Nikhil Harry, like, he's a second-year guy who hasn't done much. So, I kind of understand them trying to use more of Cam Newton's strength of running more than their other wide receivers. But we'll have to see um, how he fits in this offense. But it looked great week one. I mean, Dolphins would be a great team to start against, but it still looked great. I just like that they took the Jacoby Brissett offense from – so, like, game and a half that he played when Brady was suspended and just like put it on steroids because it's Cam Newton and Cam Newton is like Jacoby, somebody put Jacoby Brissett in the Captain America thing and transformed him. Yeah. Loomed him up. Like that's what Cam, that's what Cam Newton is. So, I mean, yeah, it was, it was really good against them. Like the 15 runs, the 19 passes, like, and they were all like really like just conservative. Like he was throwing quick slants, quick, mm-hmm. you know, like, Stuff like that stuff that was easy for him to do. I mean, Bel- Belichick's a genius, right? Like Belichick's gonna make this work. It, yeah, like, I mean, that's I, true. If we did a quick like AFC power rankings after Week One, Patriots are three, right? Chiefs, Ravens, Patriots. I don't think yeah. anybody. I mean, I yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, mean, I'm not. I put the Steelers somewhere close up there, but yeah. Oh, I think he might be breaking up a little bit. Um. So there, Mr. Remington, I think you're breaking up a little bit. 
Um, while he's coming back, while we try to figure this right. out, uh, you still there? Uh, look at me. All right. Well, what were you saying? Hello. Yeah, I think we're back. Okay. So, what what point were you making, or did you want to move? Oh, um, where 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 do we want to go? I that game would have been really fun if Tua had played. Tua versus Cam, week one, that would have been really fun. That was my next and point. Fitzmagic yeah. always always wears off at some point. It That's wore true. off today from last year. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, Ryan he's kind of boring and not very fun to watch. Tua would have been Tua would have been awesome in this game. And the, the Dolphins actually like had a little bit of success against some of the Patriots defense. Like there was times when the receivers were able to get open. Like I mean, Fitzpatrick is just so bad he threw three seconds terrible. I mean, if Tua was half decent, this game could have been close. And Tua is just all around a more fun player than uh, than Fitzpatrick is. This would have been again like a good like we could be seeing this for a while matchup, like a future of the AFC East ordeal. Cam versus Tua. You know, Cam's probably a little older. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they better start Tua pretty soon if Fitzpatrick is out here throwing three interceptions. Um. Because, uh, yeah, I I definitely want to see two out there ASAP, and I think they will start him soon, but uh, I am worried about him being on the bench. Um, I didn't really want to break down – oh, what? I was I was actually, like, kind of for keeping two on the bench this year just to get him healthy from his hip injury. Oh. But after watching Fitzpatrick play, it's like, man, this guy's boring. I need I need some, some excitement. Two, two would just be, like, instant excitement. I think Tua is probably my favorite non-Colts player in the league right now. Oh. And he hasn't even played. He hasn't even played a snap yet, but I don't know. I love Tua. I can't, I can't wait to see him. I'll, I'm all in. All they, in on they, Tua. They play him soon. I want to see him. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to do a little deep dive on Bengals. Uh, Joe Burrow looked pretty good this last game. I mean, he – didn't throw for any touchdowns, but I mean, when they needed him to come down the field, he made he got it done. Uh, I mean, and he looked like against a decent Chargers defense. I mean, they still have Casey Hayward, Joey Bosa, who both look ho- healthy. I mean, it's not like this, this team was rolling over. And I mean, yes, they have Tyrod Taylor, so you know, it's their offense wasn't on fire, but against a solid defense, it seemed like he was playing pretty well. Uh, he rushed for. Uh, he had eight carries, 46 yards, a touchdown. And that one touchdown play, I mean, yes, it's a highlight reel, but it looked pretty good. He, I was surprised how fast he was. And, I mean, it's, he definitely, he's definitely giving the Bengals um, this, like, this winning feeling. Like, he's not used to losing and expects winning. And I don't think we've seen that in a while, considering how long we've had to look at um, Dalton's red hair with his which I love the matching with his uniform, but it just seems like with Dalton, they didn't expect to win. And with him, you just can feel that edge. Like, why, why are we losing right now? Like we should be winning. It just, it just, in his mind, losing hasn't entered yet. And which is a great, so I definitely love to see that. I was actually a little disappointed, mainly because I had, I had the Bengals, 
uh, I think they were like plus two and a half in a mm-hmm. FanDuel contest that I was doing. But I needed the Bengals to either win or not not lose by three points. Yeah. They did. I actually thought they could have. They could have. I actually thought going into the game they were better than the Chargers. But you know, rookie quarterback, they're probably not that good anyway. So you know, I can't really complain. I'm probably just a little salty. But I mean, he was he was okay. He was okay. Like you said, he had the, the game-winning drive really bails him out, and the fact that uh, they had the pass interference call and then the missed field goal kind of mm-hmm. saved him from. You know, like he did his part at the end anyway, so that's good. I mean, yeah, Joe Burrow was fine. He was fine. I wasn't, like, overly impressed, but I didn't, like – he didn't come out and was terrible, and you're like, oh, man, another Bengals quarterback. It's going to be a long – it'll be a long career for Joe Burrow. The Bengals have already started to ruin him. You know what? Oh, my that? goodness. I think it's probably, like, a flush, right? I mean, yeah, definitely. They had a pretty solid game, which is an improvement for the Bengals, like, just being above – just being average. And they play the Browns, so, like, he'll throw for, like, 400 yards, right? He'll look great next year. Um, yeah, I mean, next week against the, uh, against the Browns, that, who, are, who are being the Browns again. Um, next game, found interesting, Cardinals at 49ers, 24-20. Um, this is a tough loss for the 49ers. I mean, you shouldn't really be losing these kind of games. But at the same time, when you rely on Jimmy G, you kind of get what you're asking for, not really what you paid for. Um, and it was, I mean, outside of that one Mozart touchdown, which, I mean, it mostly mostly was because he got most uh, Isaiah Simmons um, facing the wrong way, and Mozart is just that fast. But outside of that touchdown, like this team kind of looked like like they were having a hangover. Um, and, I mean, everyone keeps talking about, oh, Garoppolo, just, he just needs to take another step. And it's, I mean, it's, it, was just, it was just a rough game to watch. Uh, Kittle should have gotten more targets. I mean, he only had, like, he was only four or five. I just felt like he was barely used. I mean, if you pay the guy, and he's arguably, like, best tight in the league, not really, but, you know, it, with his run blocking, whatever, that's another compro for another time. But he definitely should have been um, featured more, and especially in a close game like this. Uh, it was it was just a tough a loss that the 49ers should not have on the resume like especially in this way. Also, I guess, but aren't the Cardinals supposed to be like a playoff team though? So they just lost to like a playoff team. That's fine. I am surprised that there's so much Jimmy G hate coming out of this game. Everybody, I'm, I'm everybody part of it. Play. I'm part of it. I'm that Jimmy G hate bandwagon. Sign me up. I'm driving him. Right. You should like Jimmy G. You got a Super Bowl off of him. You should like him. I mean, him. that's true. I, I do like Jimmy G, but as a as an analyst of this team, I really, really don't – I just don't trust Jimmy G considering the money they paid him. People have, people have, been, people have been looking to hate on Jimmy G for a while. I mean, yeah. man just went to a Super Bowl. I didn't think he was awful in this game. He's got no receivers. And then he, he did the – he did the Joe Burrow thing. He drove him down at the end of the game, and then they lost because the Cardinals' defense made, like, a couple of really impressive deflections. I think Patrick Peterson got one, and then uh, Byron Murphy got one. One of them was in the back of the end zone. One of them was, like, on, like, a fourth down. I don't remember who got mm-hmm. one. But they were, like, some, like, really impressive secondary plays. And, I mean, Jimmy G, Jimmy G was fine. They get, 
like we all get it. Jimmy G's not Jimmy G's not going to carry your team. Jimmy, you know, to, where do you want him in terms of where you're starting a franchise? You know, like where would he rank among quarterbacks in that category? I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I'm still I'm still here to defend Jimmy G. I think he's good. I honestly think I honestly think you could make an argument that the four best teams in the NFC right now are the four teams in the NFC West. I mean, it would be hard to not put the Packers and the Saints in the top four, but I mean, like, yeah. As a fun experiment, you could potentially do it. So, I mean, I think – do you think the Cardinals are legit? Um, because if the Cardinals are legit, then that's not a bad loss. I mean, definitely with the way Murray and Hopkins already seem like they have a connection. I mean, Hopkins was 14 and 16, 151 yards. Uh, I mean, and he kept – the he um, Murray was able to keep hitting him on that out route. And, I mean, Murray himself, when none of his guys were open, was able to use his legs. I mean, compared to last year, he definitely seemed like he was a lot smarter, knew where to go, was able to pick up more. I mean, almost had 100 yards rushing on 13 carries, so and he had a touchdown. So it would definitely be interesting to see Murray develop as uh, as a scrambler, um, as long as his, as well as his passing, as he actually has an elite receiver. And that was, you mentioned it, and you're completely right. I mean, the 49ers didn't have a wide receiver um, to speak of. I mean, Kendrick Bourne isn't really going to do much as your number one. And, I mean, Debo Samuel, I think, is still doubtful. But, I mean, at the same time, Kendrick Bourne shouldn't be having the same number of targets as Kittle, which is one thing I am hating on him for. Um but yeah, no, the Cardinals now with uh, Hopkins, and you put Fitzgerald at Fitzgerald as a solid number two option, and then you have solid running backs. I mean, above average in Kendrick Drake, Chase Edmonds. I mean, this team will definitely be one to watch out for with a great offensive mind like Cliff Kingsbury. Or not even necessarily great, but I guess with his different schemes, we'll have to see if he can finally start showing his artwork and why they hired him, even though even though it wasn't the best hire, but that's another combo for another time. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I mean they'll definitely put up stats. Definitely definitely fill up the stat sheet, so are you ready to concede the fact that Michael Thomas is not the best receiver in the league and it's actually Don DeAndre Hopkins? Uh no. Not really no. One oh, I don't, I don't judge things off of one bad game. I mean, and also he had 16 targets to him, so we had a great game. I just, I just love. I actually get to talk about how great Hopkins is because I don't have to play him twice a year anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then remind myself, I don't have to talk about him and then remind myself that oh man, we have to play this guy twice. He's gonna destroy us. Yeah, I can just I can just I can just compliment this guy all day and no, there's no repercussions. Yeah, I, Hopkins. Yeah, no, he looked great. Um, I mean, he's definitely earning uh, what the contract he gave him, and he'll definitely be a big part of that offense um, for the next couple next couple of years. And, uh, but no, I, I mean, Michael Thomas got only five targets this past game. I mean, he did have three receptions, so he wasn't the best, but we'll get, we'll get into that game later. But um, with the Cardinals against 49ers, I mean, I think it, it was pretty good. I mean, the 49ers secondary did look kind of weak, um, especially considering that the Cardinals were able to do pretty much the same route to him over and over and over. Um, but it was interesting to see that um, even with a 
a great pass rush like the 49ers, Murray was able to figure it out and still be dangerous. And, I mean, it was a four-point game. It wasn't a blowout. It was just considering um, how high we have the 49ers on offense and considering how how much they didn't run the ball. I mean, they only had 25 carries. That was another thing that happened in the Super Bowl when things got close. Even if it was a close game, they still didn't run the ball, um, even though that is their one of their biggest strengths, which is one thing I won't understand with Shanahan, but I guess they'll keep they'll keep relying on Jimmy G in those clutch moments, and they'll keep having these L's. It's, and it's not even play-action passes. They're like just straight-up standing in the pocket. So um, some don't understand it. It's crazy how the Cardinals went from having Josh Rosen and David Johnson to now being like a playoff team in like two Yeah. You still there? Oh, it seems like it. Um, but yeah, no, that is a good point. I mean, they did trade Josh Rosen to the Dolphins, so I'm getting Kenyon Drake back. Um, all right, so you mentioned Josh Rosen, how the team has changed so much. I I just think it's crazy that basically in in basically one year they went from having Josh Rosen and David Johnson, and now they're like almost now they're a playoff team. I mean, I know this, yeah. is, this is year two of Kyler Murray, but it just started. So, I mean, really only a season between that. That's crazy. Teams don't rebound that quickly from drafting a busted quarterback, and they did it. I mean, this chances are it's a 0-13, 13-0 team, like pick of the year. Um, I mean, considering how bad they did last year and to this year, uh, if Kyler can just keep scoring more points than they can give up, it will be – I definitely see him have probably like eight, eight. I could see him having seven, eight wins. Um, moving on to the next interesting game, Bucks at Saints. Tom Brady coming back. Tampa Bay, I guess the right name. Um, and Brady in that first drive looked great. I mean, he was throwing the ball. Even, he even scrambled for the touchdown, you know. He dipped in the fountain of youth. Uh, and then after that, it was just, him realizing that the Bucks aren't the Patriots. <laughs> and uh, the Saints just went off. I mean, they pretty much – the biggest thing that surprised me is how much, like, the Saints dominated them on all levels, especially special teams. I mean, they blocked the field goal, and they got an onside kick on the Bucks. On the Bucks. I mean, they had a pick six, which they ran back. or And, I mean, the Saints, them, the team themselves, they just – didn't look like they could be stopped. The D line, I mean, they they just kept rolling over the Bucks. I mean, yes, and the Bucks D line made some plays to make the game close. I mean, they did give Brady a couple opportunities, but it just seemed like the Saints were there. I mean, besides on offense, they seemed like they were rolling. I will. That's was it. Like three games now that. Brady's going to pick six. I saw that stat somewhere. That's crazy. Three games in a row. Oh, wow. I will say, though, like, I know, like, there's a lot of jokes about, like, Brady's actually Winston with a mask on just because of 
texting through and all that stuff. The difference between having Tom Brady and Jameis Winston is, like, even at the end of that game, with Buster down, there's still, like, the little piece of you that's, like, Tom Brady can still win this game for us. Yeah. And you just don't get that with a lot of their quarterbacks. There's, mm. like, a, there's, like, a working out of this game sort of element Tom Brady brings. And he also brought, like, it seemed like there was, like, a little more swag to Saints players, and it really seemed like they were, like, carrying themselves as a team on the same level with the Saints, who were a Super Bowl team last year. And a lot of these guys in the Bucks, you know, they missed the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But now that they have Brady, it seems like, it seemed like, at least at least for, like, a part of the start there, there was a, there was a time when they were carrying themselves. Like, they were like, yeah, we, we actually belong here. We should be a Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm. The other thing with Brady, though, is Brady might just be washed and not good enough to get them to the playoffs. Yeah. It's also that side of the coin. So I don't, I don't really know where I fall yet, but at least, like, all the intangible stuff, he definitely, like, there's, like, an upgrade there. But, I mean, physically, man, this, uh, who knows where this goes? I'm, I'm sort of confused. I didn't come away, I didn't actually come away overly impressed with either team, even the Saints. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees just is, is he just never gonna throw a pass more than five yards anymore? Yeah, you took the words out honestly, of my mouth. It's honestly incredible if you track it. You're like, man, he's like, he's not not only is he not throwing them downfield, he's like swinging the ball like ten yards behind the line of scrimmage to Alvin Kamara. It's like, it's it's insane. So at some point, that's gonna handicap him in there in the playoffs. I mean, we saw it last year against the Vikings. So I mean, I'm sort of, unless I see that change, I don't know where I. The Saints as a Super Bowl contender, so I didn't come away overly impressed with either team. But what do you think about the Tom Brady thing? Like, are you on a this could this could be a disaster, or is this a one game sort of ordeal where they just need to go in and change the game plan and figure out something else that works? I think um, the Bucks will need to figure out like how they how most of their plays won't shouldn't be deep. I mean, yes, Brady made one or two throws, but at the same time. Um, I think the they will have to like have uh, options to throw down under because sometimes Brady will may be able to make those throws. And also, the, I feel like the same secondary just shut the the uh the wide receivers down. Like if you watch those plays, like Brady, most of those throws like were on the money. There were some that were off, but there were a couple on the money. And it's just the Saints, like Lattimore, um. I don't know, quite uh, Jen- Jenkins, Janoris Jenkins. I mean, Demario Davis. I mean, they DJ Swearinger, like they actually just played great coverage on them. So, I mean, you can take it with a grain of salt that um, with um, him not throwing deep. The, and you mentioned it, the player who actually can't throw deep is Breeze. Uh, he, I mean, and I think this is the Saints' um, secret that they're trying to keep is that Breeze kind of played bad in this game. I mean, he was 18 of 30, only 160 yards. I mean, under 200 yards in this kind of offense is kind of like really bad considering you have really good weapons in Michael Thomas, like arguably top two wide receiver in the league. Emmanuel Sanders, that's a solid number two. Oh, Jared yeah, Cook, top two. I, hey, look, look, look. The Hopkins did have a great game. All right, I'm not. I'm not going to concede. I am blind to facts. Um, but yeah, Breeze kind of had a bad game, and you mentioned it. He was scared to go deep. He, there were several times where he was, like, looking deep, and then he was like, oh, no, I'm going to jump it off, even though there was a deep guy open. So, um, 
that's definitely going to hamstring a pretty good offense like this. Um, and I'm, I'm just surprised how, how it's not necessarily like, it seems like no one is noticing it. I mean, it, once it happens several more times, it will get talked about, but I, it definitely seems like it's some kind of secret that they're trying to keep. And, and I mean, we'll have to see if they can maybe bring Taysom Hill a little bit in more. I mean, it's not like they have many more other options outside of Breeze. So it'll be interesting to see if, if, um, if Breeze will continue to decline a lot or if he'll, he'll just be supported by how great his offense is and will probably retire sometime soon. You're right. The defense they have is actually like a sneaky great defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got, they got a ton of pressure on. Who is the guy playing opposite of Cam Jordan, like Hendricks or something like that? Yeah. Their pass for Hendricks and something like that. He had an awesome game. It seemed like he was in pretty space every other play. Their defense is, is really good. I don't know how the Bucks go about trying to fix the Brady thing. I don't know what the steps are there. Because, I mean, what was the, the first pick where he overthrew Mike Evans? And it just mm-hmm. looked like Mike Evans, like, instead of, like, continuing the route, he was just going to, like, sit down. And yeah, they said miscommunication but, on that. Yeah, so you look at stuff like that and you're like, well, is that just do they just need to get more familiarity? But then you go last year, that's just kind of exact kind of stuff that Brady struggled with. Brady was, Brady can't, you know, throw deep with accuracy. Like he's going to overthrow the guys going deep. That's exactly what he did on that play. So even you can look at it and go, okay, there's a communication and a familiarity aspect here. That's just, it's just Brady's physically limited. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they have to just concentrate more on using Godwin and Evans and just, trying to get them in space, run screens, shorter plays, and just try to get them to ball and let them run with it. I don't think Evans has been like – that's not necessarily been his forte. You know, he's more of a – like a deep ball, jump ball receiver. Yeah. Time. And Godwin, who knows with him. And So we'll just have to see how they use their weapons going forward. But I'm not really sure how they go about fixing it. Yeah. I mean, and like you mentioned, tough defense, so – I mean, we'll have to see. Next week, they do face the Panthers, so that will be an easier defense to go up to against. And, I mean, I could definitely see them winning that. So, maybe maybe storylines change all of a sudden. Um, but the Saints do also go against the Raiders, who tend to be a hard-nosed defense. Uh, they'll have to we'll – have to I think the Raiders could push them. So, we'll have to see if the bra- uh, Breeze fall-off continues. But – I've um, already made plans to skip that game. Monday night, Raiders, Saints. I don't want to watch the Raiders at all. You don't like Chucky on the sideline? No. That could be like a low-key, like, fun game, though. I mean, the Raiders mm-hmm. scored a lot of points today. That could be like that could be like a 35-30 to 30 kind of a game. There could be a lot of points there. But, no, I've already made plans. I'm not, I don't plan on watching a lot of John Gruden this year. <laughs> all right. Um, next interesting game. Cowboys at Rams. Um, Dak Prescott, uh, um, 266 yards. Um, it seemed like him and him and Cooper were doing playing pretty well. Um, but Ramsey, for the Rams, um, he, I mean, whenever he had Cooper, he was playing. He was playing pretty decent defense. So it was an off and on kind of thing. Um, the Rams defense did seem like they were playing better. I mean, they did only hold the Cowboys to 17 points, um, and they're running the ball again. Um, I felt like 
uh, with Brown. He only had eight carries, but they were for 79 yards. Um, I definitely, I mean, the Rams definitely look better from last year. Seems like they're definitely finally moving on from the Todd Gurley thing. Uh, and Goff actually spread the ball around. I mean, he barely passed. He passed it a bit to um, Cooper Cup, but he Woods also had a pretty good game, 105 yards. So definitely seems like the the L.A. Rams are looking definitely improved from last year and diversified their offense for sure. I think the problem with the Cowboys is everybody just assumed that Mike McCarthy was better than Jason Garrett and that Dak Prescott was automatically like an elite quarterback. And mm-hmm. it's, those are probably super true. Like I even talked myself into it. I am with one of the, you know, first, second best team in the NFC going into the season. Mm-hmm. But I just, you know, I think you just those two things kind of got assumed. And you're like, well, Dak is he is he elite or is he just pretty good? I think he's more pretty good. McCarthy, I don't, I don't think he's that great of a coach anymore. I mean, he's basically, I mean, Jason Garrett's the clapper. I mean, he's the total opposite. He's just blank stares, especially when he's got like his mask up and all he can see is his eyes. Okay, look, yeah, checked out. I don't know what he's staring at, but it's definitely not the football game. Yeah. I messed up on the statistic. Yeah, Brown had 18 carries, and then also Cam Akers had 14 carries for running. So, and it seemed like Goff had more play action. So, definitely, definitely liked the direction they were going more into what, more into that uh, Super Bowl year and less of whatever last year was. So, wanted to see if um, Dak Prescott they can bounce back. I mean. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott had 22 carries, 96 yards, one touchdown, so they definitely fed him the ball. Just, the Rams were able to stop him when it counted. Um, now, I want you to, I want you to picture yourself with Dak, with that pass interference not getting called, and Dak Prescott uh, leading the game-winning drive. Like, how do you think we're talking about Dak Prescott? Are we super impressed with him? I mean, it's not like he had a great game. Mm-hmm. But do we? Is there a lot of is there a lot of Dak hype after that game if they win? I mean, I think I think people would definitely, um, definitely start give Cowboys maybe even more love. Uh, I mean, I I definitely think the Cowboys are overhyped so far. I think Vander Esk actually got hurt in this game, which is a tough blow for their defense. I mean, I really liked him yeah. as one of the linebackers. So, I mean, I have people talking about them in the Super Bowl, you know, already having them winning. Um, but yeah, it seems like Vandrask is out six to eight weeks, so that's going to be a tough break for them. Um, but yeah, this I, I think this team. If, if they had uh, if they had completed that drive, I think I would have I think I would have been all in on the Dak hype because it just it felt you you knew when it was happening like what it was going to be. It was the first week of the season. Sunday night football, two minutes left. If the Cowboys are going to be good this year, like Dak Prescott's going to lead them down the field for that drive. And he almost did it. Mm-hmm. So I can still, I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of there with the Cowboys where I was at before, even though they lost, where it's like, okay, if they, if I want to make excuses for myself, like if that flag doesn't get thrown, like they, they might as well win that game. Yeah. And I'm not, 
I don't know if you want to get into whether or not the call is a good call. Like anytime that arm is going to be fully extended against the defense, exactly. Like, going to get thrown. So I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't, whether or not it's a good call is up for debate, but like when that arm's out, it's going to get called. So mm-hmm. but I, I think I can, I can talk, I can still talk myself into them. I think people are down on the NFC because it's kind of easy to, to hate on the Eagles. Yeah. It, you know, Washington's the number one team. It's all, you know, it's really funny, but. I think I'm still I'm still there with the Cowboys. I need to, you know, the Rams the Rams could be good this year. I don't know if they're insanely improved from this year to last year, so that's mm-hmm. a little concerning. But maybe I'm just one of the millions of Americans that's going to overhype the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, the the Cowboys. I mean, the problem is is that the game shouldn't be this close anyway. I mean, I definitely think the Cowboys should have. I mean, if it was like a a 30 to like 33 game, I don't understand, but it definitely seemed like uh, their scoring was a lot less than it should have been. Um, and, and I'm, I don't think, I mean, I still think Dak is an elite quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he made he made the play when he needed to. It's just um, Gallup, of course, had the pass interference. So um, we'll have to see Dak in the next couple of weeks. I mean, he'll he'll. I just feel like he needs to take another step. He has a step still to go. So. They need to um, use C.D. Lamb a little more, too. I really liked him. Mm-hmm. And now to my dark horse pick of the week. Like, dark horse contender, got to go with the Steelers. All right? They had – yes, they were playing against the Giants. and Not even that big a deal. But Big Ben looked healthy. I mean, Juju looked like a number one receiver again. And I really like their defense. I mean, that T.J. Watt interception, oh, my goodness. Like, that was – I was just greatness right there. I mean, it wasn't even it wasn't even that bad of a throw. It's just the footwork on that is. I'm definitely liking the Steelers with Mike Tomlin as a coach, and I I think they returned to being one of the top top five elite teams in the AFC. I mean, I remember like three years ago when they had the triple Bs, you know, Bell, uh, Brown, and Ben. Everyone was like, oh, they're you know they're up there with the Patriots and Chiefs, and, but now. I mean, I still – I think they could – I definitely think they could make the push to be up there when they don't have Duck Hodges under center. Has, was Bud Dupree always this good? I mean, kind of, yeah. Like, he was he was the best defensive player in the league on Monday night. He was all over the place. But, I mean, that was one of the worst offensive line performances that I've ever seen. But not a lot of times. I mean – that Eagles game is a good example where you'll watch, you know, mm-hmm. you'll watch and like, man, the offensive line's been bad. But you mm-hmm. notice that, like, you notice it when he's getting sacked. Like, with the Giants, you notice it every play. Mm-hmm. I'm just, and then, like, when they try to run, like, certain, like, blocking schemes, like, there was there was one that got pointed out where they're, the lineman, like, went to block, like, the end and then just, like, did a total 360 and like, went to block tackle. I don't even know which one he was supposed to block, but yeah, he messed up somewhere. And they're like, if you're just spinning around confused. And then they were trying to run like this counter play where they pulled the right guard over to block Bud Dupree and blood. Bud Dupree's like, you're trying to pull the right guard and you're going to run right at me? Like, that's stupid. I'm just going to tackle him. Yeah. And I mean, was, I don't know if it was bad blocking schemes, bad talent, but it was it was one of the most dis- dysfunctional performances from an offensive line that I've seen in a while. I mean, Barkley – Poor guy had like eight <laughs> rushes for negative eight yards in the first half. 
He's got to run for his life. Um, but, yeah, no, this defense is definitely – I mean, I think they can just – the only way they can go is up right now. And, I mean, obviously they need tougher tests. They'll have the Broncos next week, so that'll be a good um, test for them. But I definitely liked everything I was seeing on offense as well. They didn't need to run the ball as much. I mean, they didn't. Um, but, I mean, even without an Antonio Brown, they still they still could get it done, so – I I definitely like the Steelers as my I early early dark horse contender for I guess one that people may be sleeping on a little bit. I can I can get on board with with that. I was looking at some of the preseason odds and coach Mike Tomlin was twenty five to one to win coach of the year, and I really like those odds. I thought those were some of the best odds if if we were uh, if we were gambling then we're underage so not there yet but. Yeah. Where I would have, I would have, uh, might have checked that one out. But oh, I can get on. I can, I can get on board with you with that. The defense looks really good. All I right. Feel, do you I have feel any really bad for Saquon? Yeah. Because last year, last year he struggled, especially in like in real life too, but also from like a fantasy perspective, he struggled because the Giants are so bad, and then mm-hmm. he was awful again. But you can still see how talented he's like that one run play where he or the pass play where they swung it out to him and he hurled the guy. Yeah. And then after he hurled him, he almost too like ducks under the two defenders and keeps going, but they were able to tackle him. But he was really close to breaking those two. So Yeah. I almost uh I proposed a trade. I I don't know if this sounds fair to you, so I was I was trying to see if I could steal Barkley off of one of uh off one of my friends' teams on bad week. So I think I let me see if I remember. I proposed to him. Uh, so I would get Saquon Barkley and Devontae Parker, and he would okay. get DK Metcalf and David Johnson. Oh, that, that's that's not, not a bad pick. I'm not. It may may be bad for you. No, I get Saquon. I get Saquon Barkley. I'm good. Now he's my. I mean, against his O line though, he might have only like 50 yards. In this game, he only had six, so that's that's kind of yeah, tough. I mean, take my, I'll take my chances with him. He did have sixty yards passing or rush receiving, but that's still rough. I mean, my, re- my two receivers are Devonte Adams and Chris Godwin, so I don't really need Metcalf that bad. Yeah, and I already have McCaffrey, so I wanted to upgrade that la- that RB two spot. If I could, if I could have stole Saquon and put and instead of David Johnson and put him in there, that would have been uh, that would have been sick. I also tried, I also tried getting Clyde Edward Dulaire off of uh, off of somebody's team too. Nah, you can't. He's in a no trade. There's no way you can trade him. I gave him I gave him David Johnson and Chris Godwin for Clyde. I don't know. If that's enough. And then and and Nikhil Harry. I threw Nikhil Harry in there too to make the. Nikhil Harry, I don't know if that makes it sweeter per se. I mean, that's just more roster it, spots you're filling up there. No, that was for the that was for the roster. I mean, doesn't that if you had Clyde on your team and I offered you Chris Godwin and David Johnson for Clyde, would you turn that down? Unless I really needed receivers, no, because I don't. I feel like Godwin. I mean, he's more of a speedster, so like with Brady being an older quarterback, I don't I don't feel like he could consistently get um targets also Evans is the better receiver and can like go up and get it if the ball is a bit off so 
Brady might come to trust him more when he counts, so. Like, yeah. But, anyway, um, are you ready to jump into predictions, or you got any more games you want to touch on? Oh, no, I'm, no, we're good. We can predict. All right, let's go on predictions. Bengals versus Browns. Bengals are we just going to yell out our predictions? I mean, yeah, unless, I mean, obviously you can are break it picking, down if you want. Are we picking all the games here? Yeah, oh, just go through the whole schedule right now. Are we uh, going no, to? Is that no, just going through the next week. Okay. Uh, you can do I'll rapid do fire for trash games like this. Yeah, I'd definitely go Bengals too. Are we going to keep score? Oh, get the huge record. I mean, if you want to, I I didn't. Oh, actually, I did pick for the game, so I'll have to go see last week. But um, pick the games so, and then keep score week to week. Get hopefully we end with a winning record. Um, yeah, no, I got Bengals also in that first game. Um, be fun to see Burrow get his first win. Uh, Giants at Bears. That's like a weirdly those those two bad teams are like weirdly closely matched. Yeah, I mean I that's mean, defense Giants, for the Bears still. Yeah, like is Cleo Mack? What's his over under for sacks in this game? Like five and a half. <laughs> yeah, like somewhere he's there. Roast whoever's there. Like they couldn't stop. They couldn't stop Bud Dupree. They're not going to stop Cleo Mack. Yeah, I'll probably go with the Bears on that one. I would put – I would line Khalil Mack right up over where that guy that was spinning around figuring out who to block. I think oh, was, my uh, goodness. I think he was – I would just line him up right over that guy. Like, uh, what's his face? Khalil Mack doesn't even, like, try to do – he just walks past the guy. And gets no, he just, back. Like, starts running. He's like, why isn't he being – he's not even blocking me. So you're picking the Bears in this one? Um, yeah, I hate to pick I hate to pick Mitchell Trubisky in anything, but I'll I'll pick the Bears. All right, and then LA Rams at Eagles. Two uh, ooh, this one. is a good this is gonna there's gonna be a lot of golf one stuff coming out of this, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this is tougher than I thought, but I'd probably go Rams. Where are they playing? Where are they playing? Uh, in Philadelphia. In Philly, does that even matter? No. I don't know how many fans they are, but, like, I most – You picked the Rams? Yeah. I got to go with the Rams on that one. I just don't trust Wentz yet. I don't – Yeah, I'm going to look stupid. I'll I'll pick the Eagles. I'll pick opposite of you. Oh. All right, There's a real chance I look stupid after that game if they score, like – Yeah, it could be, like, 28 to 10. Yeah. Uh, next game, Falcons at Cowboys. I think the boys get their first win. Yeah, I'll take the Cowboys in that. Uh, Panthers at Bucks. I think Brady's going to be mad after all the flack he gets. <laughs> game is Winston with a mask on or something. Should I pick the Panthers? I'm, I mean, I think that D-line still has a couple veterans there. I think they still have Stu, and then they have um, – Kill Barrett still, and I think there was someone else on that D line. I'm just forgetting. Um, yeah. One of these, one of these teams that we thought was a playoff team is going to go 0 and 2. Oh yeah, so they have 
Indomitu, Vita Vea, and then JPP. So, and they still have Jaquille Bear. So it's still a solid D line. Like I don't think you can just run over. Who are like all the desperate zero and two or zero and one playoff teams trying to avoid going zero and two? Cowboys. No, I think the. Wait, the Bucks aren't. Oh, I'm on week three. Never mind. Okay. Okay. Let me see. The Texans. I'll... I'll pick the I'll pick the Panthers. I'll be interesting. I'll pick the Panthers. Oh, all right. Interesting pick. Um, 49ers at Jets. Um, I don't think there's really an argument with this. I'm kind of giving up on Sam Donald. It's kind of hard. I like. I I, I still want him to be. I did, and then he had to play like he was sick or something. So it's it's tough because I understand like yeah he has bad. Not the best targets in the world, but at the same time, those passes weren't great also. So, also, Le'Veon Bell apparently has fallen off a cliff. And don't, like, someone needs to go find him because he definitely didn't show up in this last game. So, um, um, I'm not even going to ask you who your pick is unless, unless you're going, unless you're going to be interested again. Oh, no, I'm going for it. You know, you know I like Kimmy G. I'm going for it. All right, Broncos at Steelers. This would definitely be the game I'd want to keep an eye on, watch for sure. Broncos, Steelers, is this the game of the week? Uh, I guess, I guess, I guess Pat Seahawks is. But yeah. It's a close second. This is a good game. Mm-hmm. I think I'll go with, I'll go with the Steelers. Yeah. I feel like the Steelers are the smart pick, but I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't think I saw enough out of Drew Locke. Like, outside of Noah Font, he didn't really get anyone. I mean, Cortland Sutton, I think, didn't even have a pass or didn't have a. He had like two targets, so that's kind of discouraging to see. And with a solid defense, and I mean, the Broncos lost Von Miller. I got, I got to go with the Steelers on that one. Uh, Jags, Titans. I can see the Jags winning this. Actually, I'm going Jags. I like Minshew. Ooh. All right. I think Minshew continues to be hot. And um, even if the Titans have a solid secondary, I don't – I mean, Derrick Henry didn't seem like he was used that much last week, so. He had um, carries. Did he really? Yeah. Because I didn't see him do that much, but maybe I'm watching the game wrong. I get it. Let me look this up. But yeah, no, I like Minshew. When he's hot, he's hot and tends to win a lot. So until he, until he uh, has a horrible game, I'm going with. I'm trusting in Minshew right now. How has Gostowski not been released yet? I don't know. Bring the Patriot way or something? I don't know. Um, yeah, he had 116 yards, so. I mean, Henry was on fire, yeah, I guess. I didn't see that much. So, yeah, I'm going with uh, the Jags. Next game, Lions at Packers. Packers I'll be boring. I'll take the Packers. Um, Bills at Dolphins. If Tua's playing, I'm going Dolphins. 
No, you're um, not going to pick the Dolphins. Yeah, no, I'm serious. The Bills lost two of their really good linebackers on this defense. I mean, if if Tua if Tua plays, um, and they're I mean the Bills' offense or secondary isn't great. It was mostly their linebackers like Milano and can't remember the other guy. So, and I mean they're not they all they always they keep smelling and bust potential to me every time I see them playing stuff. So. I, I'm going with the Dolphins if Tua's playing. If he's not, then I'm not trusting him. It's magic. He, he, he's run out of it. If not, then I'll go with the Bills. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll go with the Bills. <laughs> uh, next on the slate, your guys, Vikings at Colts. I'm picking the Vikings. Yeah, I'll pick the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Tough. And then we'll see Jacoby Brissett in week three, hopefully. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm i definitely picking the Vikings. Um, even though I think the problem is, game? is... What? Xavier Rhodes' revenge game? Coming I, back I think, to play his former team? Oh, yeah. I think this, and that's another thing is, I think Rivers will put up stats in this game because their secondary is just so weak in the Vikings. I mean... I mean, I know I mentioned it earlier, but it's kind of a weak secondary with new guys learning on the fly. I mean, and, of course, no off preseason. So, they're just got to learn as they go against a team that has all their wide receivers healthy for once. Um, and if and, the Colts... Uh, when's he going to throw his first pick? Who? Um, uh, Rivers. Rivers. Uh, second quarter, early second quarter. Early he'll second like quarter. he'll like dot him up and get a touchdown, and then the Vikings will come run the ball, do play action, probably like either get a field goal or a touchdown, and then he'll come and like start feeling himself, and then throw deep, and then I think it probably pick. I mean, he might go with zero picks. I mean, I don't know how bad this secondary is, but they look really bad against the Packers. So no, he'll throw it. He'll throw it right to Anthony Barr at some point. He'll be doing like a slant and he'll just be like looking at him the whole way. And that's the thing. Yeah. That's what, what happened with the other interception against the Jags is, I mean, and they were literally saying it as they broke it down. They were like, yeah, he looked at the re- receiver the whole time and then threw the ball. So it's like, no wonder the guy picked it off. Like, like they're professional. Like the defense is playing against professionals. Like they can tell if you're going to throw that way. And yeah. So, I mean, I guess the Vikings probably will get one or two picks, but yeah. So going with the Vikings that game. Uh, next game, Washington at Cardinals, which is a way better game than I thought it was going to be like a week ago. Oh, I'm taking Arizona. This is easy. Yeah. Don't buy it yet. Um. Okay, just do it. You know you want to do it. <laughs> This defense is good, uh, but the the run game for Washington is weak, and their pass rush was actually kind of surprisingly good for the Cardinals. I mean, I was surprised how many sacks they were able to get on Jimmy G, even if he isn't a mobile quarterback. I mean, they they definitely made sure let him know that he was there. So um, I gotta go. I I still gotta go with the Cardinals though. Um, 
got the got Murray who can run around still. Hopkins is probably the best player in this game out of the two teams by far. So I yeah, I'm definitely going with uh the definitely going with the Cardinals. Um Texans uh, Ravens at Texas. Ravens roll. Oh the Ravens. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably go with the Ravens. J.J. Watt looks like he's continuing to be dominant. I mean, even in that game against the Chiefs, he still made sure, like, Hilaire went for 138 and not 238. Like, he, I mean, and any time he ran his way, he pretty much stopped him. So, I mean, I definitely think he'll have his hands full, and this Ravens team's just better. Hollywood Brown is healthy. Um so and Mark Andrews, apparently his usage is suddenly through the roof now compared to last year. So they're get they're able to bring him in the offense even if they lost Hayden Hurst. So definitely like definitely like the hate for Ravens team. They're continuing to roll. And then my guys against since the being, or what? Since being up twenty four to nothing versus the Chiefs, what have the Texans been outscored by? Because they what were they outscored like fifty one to seven? Yeah. And they played the Chiefs Thursday night, and they got pummeled again. That just has to be very, uh, very disappointing. Maybe deja vu. I mean, it was in Chiefs Stadium again, so a little bit of flashback. Um, but yeah, my guys against the Chargers. Um, I mean, the Chargers team is it. Uh, honestly, the Chargers team like feels like a poor man's Chiefs. They have decent – I mean, not on offense. Uh, I mean, then again, Tyrod is just – I mean, we've seen Tyrod Taylor already. Like, he's had how many years to be the starting quarterback, and he's done the same thing over and over. They have a really – I really like Eckler. I mean, I feel like he's a solid running back who, when his contract is up, should definitely leave. Um but, I mean, I think we've seen this Chargers movie before, like the past two, three years. They have talent on both sides of the ball. They just don't win games, especially against good teams. And I think the Chiefs, you know, might be a little dicey at first, but if they get rolling, they'll get rolling. So, of course, I'm going with my uh, guys in this game. Your cornerbacks are actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. That rookie sneak did really good, and then Fenton was good as well. Brashad Breland didn't play. Brashad Breland, I mean, he's he's good sometimes, but other times he's also, like, the worst cornerback. Fenton was there. It's his second year. But, yeah. Not not great, but yeah, your cornerbacks your cornerbacks were good. I mean, even though they didn't have Hopkins, like, the Texans receivers are still, like, they're okay. They're not good. They're It's a bunch of, like, second and third options. Mm-hmm. But Fuller, like, Fuller was decent. I was watching with a buddy who had Fuller on his fantasy team, and every time he went to Fuller, it worked. So mm-hmm. maybe they'll go to him more coming up. But uh, your guys' corners played really well because that was kind of like a little bit of a weak point for you guys last year. But again, just constantly getting better. And that's the thing with our secondary is that you may give up yards, but almost every game we'll get an interception or a fumble or something along those lines where we get the possession back. So, I mean, so, so far I haven't. I think there, there's got to be some stat where we're on a streak of doing that because it seems like almost every game there's you get a pick. But we'll have to see if they keep up that streak. And I definitely think they'll definitely continue to roll. Uh, Patriots at Seahawks, Sunday night football. 
um, an hour later than normal, I guess. Um, Bill Belichick, of course, did his normal thing of complimenting the other team for a big game like this, where he's like, oh, the, uh, you know, Russell Wilson's great and stuff. Um, I honestly don't know which way to go with in this game. I think the Seahawks always have a hard-nosed defense. I mean, you can't just roll over them. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you only have one game's worth of film with Cam Newton under center for this team. So that's also going to be still really hard to play defense against this team because you don't know their tendencies that well. Um, I think they're just both solid teams, and this is going to be a drag-out game. Um, I mean, Wilson's just that good no matter how hard the team seems to make it for him. Um, but, yeah, I got to go with the Patriots in this game. I mean, I feel like with with the whole novelty of still having Newton under center, still, it's still going to be hard, tough, real tough. At the same time, I could still see him losing this game. So, But, yeah, I'm going with the Patriots this game. So who did you say you're picking in this game? Seahawks. Oh, you're going Seahawks. All right. Interesting. Any reasons for murder? I'm just going to pick the Seahawks. <laughs> All right. Uh, next game, Saints at Raiders. Um, I'll take the Saints. Yeah. I mean, it is a boring win, but yeah. I mean, if they if they had their whole crowd, I'd consider really hard about the Raiders. I mean, when they have their crowd with them, it is pretty tough to beat them at home. But in this day and age, and with uh, even if this Drew Brees is looking old, um, definitely going with the Saints. Even though this could be an upset, could be could be an upset alert. But I already have one of those with the Jags. So, um, but yeah, that should be about it. Do you have any anything else on the agenda, Mister Morrow? Oh, you want a story? I have a story. Oh, what happened? So, you know, you know, I work at a trampoline park, right? Mm-hmm. For the listeners that don't know, I, that's where I work. That's my main job at a trampoline park. And we have like, we have like a, a trampoline with a basketball hoop on it. So you can like do the dunks and stuff and have a good time. And, mm-hmm. uh, but you can also like shoot and the distance is like from the beginning of the trampoline to hoop. It's probably like a long free throw. Who's the guy that like steps way back on his free throws? That's Dwight Howard. Uh, LeBron does. LeBron, some somebody like somebody's like a full like step back off from the free throw line when they mm-hmm. shoot their free throws. That's kind of the distance. So you know you'll be in there shooting around sometimes, and then some guy will come up and challenge you to do a shooting contest because guys like to do that; they think they're cool. So this, and most guys they do it and they don't really know how to shoot. And I'm not I'm not a great basketball player, but you know I mm-hmm. I spend enough time shooting shots there where you know I'm I'm decent. You know, like I'm I'm definitely not an easy not an easy uh easy out over here yeah I'll, I'll, I'll. Oh, but, right. uh, this one guy this one guy comes over and he challenged me so i sh- we were doing like best out of five so i like shoot my five and then he shoots his five and then you can tell you can tell when they're shooting like who like who like actually played and who didn't yeah just cause mainly on how easy it is for them to shoot like from that distance and their form but yeah yeah 
so so this guy this guy's shooting them like normal free throws like he's got like his little routine down his feet aren't leaving the ground so i'm like okay this guy clearly plays so we we go back and forth a couple of times best of five and uh then i ask him afterwards i'm like did you play yeah and it turns out this guy's like d1 played d1 in nevada with like cameron Bearstow. i think he said tony snell was on that team too and then he, spent, he like dabbled around in the nets uh he was in like the summer league for a while. I know he played for the Nets. So, and do do you want to know who won the shooting contest? You? Yeah, I did. I won. I beat him. Oh, D one, D one, Remington yeah, out here. Former former NBA player in a shooting contest this past week. Wow, that that's a headline. Yeah. So what's Buddy yeah. doing now? Did he say? Uh, no, he didn't say what he was doing now. He was there for, like, his daughter's birthday party or something. Oh, all right. He's, like, a little one-year-old, but, yeah, a little story time for you, Samson. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye out for a dude in the league being the finals, <laughs> hitting a shot. You'll be like, I beat that guy. I'm being a shooting guy. <laughs> That'd be funny. You know? Maybe he has a Chris Middleton career, huh? Oh my goodness, the internet in this area. Anyway, it seems like yeah, over the past couple um minutes over this podcast we've been breaking up a little bit, so sorry about that. Oh, you there? <laughs> yeah, well maybe maybe this guy will have a career like Chris Middleton. Be a late bloomer. Um, but yeah, that should be about it, um, for today's pod. Anywho, I think that should be about it. Hey, maybe the guy will have a late career like Chris Middleton, you know, be a second option for championship team. Who knows? Um, but yeah, he's like 28 now, so. I think his window's like, closing. Oh, 28? Oh, still. I tried, uh, I tried to find him on Basketball Reference, and I couldn't find him. But he's on, like, the New Mexico athlete page. You can, like, look at him up. I don't know. I won't share his name or anything. But. Yeah. All right. I got him. There you go. Your boy got, got him. Got to keep – Keep working on those trampoline free throws. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah, I know. Don't know who pulls up. Might have LeBron James next week. You never know. You might beat him, actually. You probably beat him. Oh, man. I, I Maybe. I maybe. I don't know. I feel like LeBron wouldn't lose to somebody like me. <laughs> he just, he just like, loses, goes, and, like, just dumps the rim off the backboard. Yeah. I'm done with like it. He wouldn't – he wouldn't like like watch me shoot. And if we did like best of ten, go like I don't know, like seven for ten, and then step up and like miss five of them. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't think he's wired that way. I feel like he'd 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 school me. Yeah. I've always wanted to see what that would look like though, like LeBron on a trampoline or uh, Zach Levine, somebody like that. Yeah. It's kind of like that a horse down, challenge NBA or uh, ESPN did. Where they like did the yeah. zoom? That was weird. That was a weird part of Corona time. Yeah. That was 
like ten years from now, looking back at that footage, they're gonna be like, "Well, they need something." Is that where they gave Kevin Durant like the plastic horse as his trophy? I think so. I don't. I don't remember that. That was that was all. That was all super weird. (laughs) Yeah, and the quality of like the Zoom calls and all that. Yeah. But hey, we were desperate. We were desperate for uh, some basketball. So. But now we're not. So I think that should be a bad hit. I don't think there's anything else um, on the agenda. Hopefully we try to get these pods up soon. Let's edit them a little bit. But yeah, all these picks were made before the game started, obviously. So, but yeah, that should be about it. Thanks for listening. And yeah, hopefully catch Check you next time. Bop. SPLP.media. Uh, not .com because we're not rich enough for that. But .media. <laughs> So check it out.